0: Hi, this is Michael Lowe, and you're listening to May I Ask You a Question? My next guest is Jeff Wang, who is a medical doctor specializing in infectious diseases, putting him on the front lines of the fight to mitigate the effects of COVID-19. Jeff and I have been friends longer than we'd want to realize, and I wanted, wanted to talk with him after he posted some thoughts on social media reflecting on his job, his COVID-19 patients, and God. I also felt like talking with Jeff would give me a greater appreciation of the COVID-19 pandemic and the efforts of the healthcare providers. Sorry for the audio quality, especially at the beginning. We had some tef- technical difficulties. Hope you all are doing well, navigating this time well as we endure these unique circumstances. All right, on to the episode. All right. Jeff Wang. Jeff Wang, thanks for coming to my podcast. May I ask you a question? Dr. Jeff Wang, my, I might add.
1: Um, I'm happy to be here, man.
0: <laughs> uh, Jeff, we've been friends for, oh man, since... Like 2000-ish, right? So about 20 years.
1: Ever been since, our college years, or yeah. foolish, crazy college years. <laughs> and that,
0: that, that really means that we're getting old. It's tw- 20 years ago that we were in college. <laughs> so, Jeff, I wanted to uh, take some time to chat with you. Uh, I know that you mentioned um, to me uh, that you've been, uh, as, as a doctor, You've been treating some COVID nineteen patients, and um, so I, I just wanted to start asking, kind of, what your general day is like these days, if it's any different than usual. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you you said your focus uh, at med in med school was infectious diseases, and so this is uh, right up your alley, ready or not. Um, here's COVID nineteen.
1: Yeah, um, you know, COVID nineteen has really. Um, made my days um less diverse <laughs> cuz normally um infections uh come in all sorts of um flavors uh but uh since the covid-19 pandemic started the brunt of um that because all the other patients um have really not been coming in um, and so it's uh, sort of Exclusively, um, I get one. One uh, uh, maybe encapsula- encapsulates how I feel is uh, there was a certain amount of fear. I guess there's no other way to put it. I had uh, you know read the accounts of how was making a lot of healthcare workers sick when I. First, found out that COVID 19 was in the hospital that I was working at. Um, um, my wife, um, Melissa, you know, she looked me in the eye and said, uh, on my way out to work that first day when I knew I'd be seeing my first patient, she said, um, uh, Jeff, it's okay. This is what God made you for. And when I thought about that, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, um, uh, this is um, this is a, a moment to uh, experience um, God doing something really big in the world uh, in real time, and to um, uh, to have um, an opportunity." to tap into um, deeper relationship with him and uh, see how he could use some of my um, training and and skills um, to bear on the situation. So, uh, yeah, it was it took some words of wisdom from my wife to sort of um, recenter me. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that makes sense. It, it, so in what ways uh, when she said that to you, did that surprise you? Uh, I mean, because for me, I'm thinking like if my if I'm if I'm in your shoes, I'm there's part of me that's worried not just for myself but for the effect on the rest of my family.
1: Yeah. Um. I guess. Um. You know, I'm never too surprised when my wife encourages me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. Um. Yeah. I was. Um. You know, in our in our relationship, um, uh, you know, she is often the more practical one, and she'll uh, raise issues that um, I haven't thought of um, regarding, you know, just very practical things. And so, um, you know, to kind of hear her uh, tell me uh, that uh, uh, that this was. A moment that um, I was created for was just really, really deeply encouraging. Um, um, so yeah, I was um, uh, a little surprised, but I guess not that surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, because um, she, I mean, I, I would imagine that she had to have been concerned for you uh, in a similar vein that you were concerned for yourself, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was, I mean, we had, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, we also had, like, several moments where, um, uh, where concern about, like, my safety was also sort of the, the predominant focus of, uh, um, of our conversations. Um, and, you know, like, okay, so, for example, uh, there was this moment where um, uh, we got a... Uh, a shipment of face shields, um, from, um, a concerned friend. And so, um, uh, the face shields, you know, are, are considered, you know, necessary protective gear, um, in, uh, in the COVID unit. Um, and so, um, when, uh, when she saw those face shields, there was, uh, a moment where she felt like they uh were not well constructed enough mm. to um <laughs> provide adequate protection yeah and then and then so um uh so then we had to sort of navigate like very raw feelings because that then triggered like oh, okay these um you know that led to a thought like, Oh, okay. If the face shields aren't good, then, um, you're going to be at that much more risk. And then if you're at that much more risk, um, then there's a possibility that you're going to die. And then if you're going to die, then, uh, you know, what's going to happen, um, to us and the kids. And, you know, it just kind of, uh, it, triggers like, um, this whole spiral of, of, um, fears. And, you know, we, you know, we, as a couple, were not, we weren't immune to that. Um, yeah. and you know, it just, uh, really kind of caused us to, um, think about where our ultimate hope was and our ultimate trust and security was. Um, and, uh, ultimately it was a very, um, redeeming conversation cause you know, it, it, um, it was like a moment where we had to kind of really deal with our insecurity and our, um, and our fears, um, and not just, uh, sort of sweep them under the rug. Um, and it also gave us an opportunity to, um, um, uh, seek the Lord and, um, uh, and his comfort and his security. Um, and, uh, you know, we're still very much in the uh, in the middle <laughs> of working that out and processing um, uh, that um, that sense of trust um, in the Lord in these circumstances. But it was, you know, it, it's it was repeated moments like this that kind of have um, have provided like um, uh, springboards into into deeper relationship with Him
0: um what uh what does that trust look like on a day-to-day basis for you guys
1: you know um it really it kind of comes in really like um sweet yet funny form so like um like for me uh uh i get a lot of joy out of seeing um my kids send me off to work in the morning um so uh We kind of developed this like uh, funny, silly routine where um, they do this cheer where all three of them, uh, uh, with Melissa leading them, they'll shout um, and cheer. um, And they're doing hand motions too. It's kind of hard to explain without showing you, but there's, there's, do you know the dab?
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. So they're doing the dab and they're saying, dab, dab. Dad, and then they say jesus protect our dad and then <laughs> they're doing like the, the hand motion for jesus and protect and dad and uh it just gives me um a lot of joy to see that um and then um you know and just like small things like um uh like um you know, noontime check-ins with the family, you know, making sure that I'm doing okay. Um, and then, um, you know, at night we've kind of gotten into a routine of sort of, um, you know, decompressing each other's days. Um, and, Is is uh, that more so than usual? More so than usual. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like this season has sort of pressed us, um, into, uh, deeper relationship with each other as a family and, um, and then, uh, a deeper relationship, in, uh, with the Lord, um, also, um, as a family as well.
0: Um, so, and, uh, as you were mentioning, uh, just the, the routines that have kind of been created and, and they, they, they do sound like really sweet moments to have as a family. Um, do you, uh, when you think about how that encourages your trust in the Lord, is it, do those kind of serve as reminders? um, Or like, because I guess there's part of me that thinks like, it, um, because of our faith, it doesn't mean that the risk is gone. It doesn't mean that the fear Mm -hmm. is gone. It doesn't mean that, you know, simply because we have the faith, it doesn't mean that, okay, we have this, you know, COVID-19 immunity bubble around us, and we can do whatever we want. Um, So, um uh, how, how um <clears throat> does it assuage your fears or uh, does it just kind of uh is it kind of like okay y- it helps you just kind of grapple with like this the risk is there but it's worth it this is this is the role that i'm playing and the role that i've signed up for and 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 like you know god god is going to do what mm-hmm. he's going to do um because he's He is good and sovereign
1: yeah i don't um You're right you know it doesn't it doesn't at least I don't think it it doesn't really mitigate the overall risk of you know maybe becoming sick um, from COVID-19 but I don't know I guess maybe the best way to explain it is that it kind of takes the focus off myself Um, and um, I don't know I always feel like whenever I'm going through something scary and hard if I'm in relationship with someone, then it makes it easier. Um, hmm. And so, uh, you know, who better to be in relationship with during this time um, than than our God? And I, I feel like He just kind of takes um, some of that attention off of me and my my immediate concerns.
0: Um, is and. Maybe what I'm hearing too is that part of. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but it um, it, it kind of sounds like um, just the the grave and the 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 heavy and serious nature of COVID-19 ca- has caused you to be just more conscious of uh, of your faith and who God is. Um, not that He is unpresent and irrelevant and um, less. Uh, concerning times I guess or less you know non-pandemic times but um it just kind of keeps you on alert and on on edge a little bit more to in such a way that you are more conscious of like okay God is with me in all of this mm-hmm. is, is yeah that kind I of think what that, you mean?
1: The, yeah I think that's been one of the um, the biggest lessons I've learned through this season you know is um before um COVID-19 I've I feel like I was totally guilty of not, um, putting God in his proper place. And obviously that's, you know, that's a process and it's not like something that you either don't get right or you do get right. But, um, I feel like prior to COVID-19, I was probably overly concerned about, um, finances and, um, you know, my, uh, uh, my my kids' activities, you know, what what sort of extracurricular things they were doing. Um, I was probably overly concerned about, um, uh, you know, trying to perform well at work and to um, climb the ladder. And, um, you know, I I do feel like a lot of those things are sort of um, put in their proper place um, in the wake of this pandemic. Um, and, uh, you know, they kind of help me focus on, um, on what really matters. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's been shown for me to be relationship, uh, with people and relationship with God. And if I focus on those things and, um, you know, then I'll, um, I'll be um, set up to uh, to approach the world in strength. You know, I, I do feel like that. That's been an un, unintended <laughs> um, positive consequence from from this season.
0: Um, <laughs> whenever I hear that, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know being in. Uh, being in junior high and high school and you go to a Christian summer camp and you kind of, you get the spiritual high and then you come home and you're like, all right, sweet. I'm going to read my Bible, you know, <laughs> 30 to 120 minutes a day. And I'm going to memorize the scripture. And then, you know, at some point the, it kind of the excitement for, uh, what you had experienced, uh, at camp wanes, and, um, the, obviously we all want COVID-19 to go away. Um, hmm. Uh, just because of of the impact that it is having, both in grave ways, like, you know, just people's health, uh, but then also just uh, on a kind of a simple and um, relatively superficial way of the inconveniences, and we just want our freedoms back. Um, But do you, uh, (laughs) in light of that, do you kind of wonder, like, man, am I going to be able to keep up this uh, consciousness of uh, Mm. God's presence and uh, the, the priority and, and the relative value of him over those other things.
1: I hope so, man. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Um, uh, but I also am conscious about, uh, my own, um, humanity <laughs> yeah. and also of how, you know, humans in general can be, uh, kind of short, uh, we can have short memories. Um, but, yeah, I, I really do hope so. I, I, I kind of feel deeply that this is something that's really life-changing. Um, and uh, I, I don't think um, things are going to be the same. But, um, you know, that's part of the relationship, I think. I think uh, I'm just—if if the relationship um, with God, uh, the deepening that, that has occurred, if that's real— then, um, you know, I don't see how, um, how we go back, you know, like relationships are always evolving. They're always changing. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's really difficult to, um, have a relationship go back exactly to where it's been before, um, just because, um, you know, we change as people. And so, um, yeah, I, I really, I really hope that the lessons here stick, um, um, and I, I think they will because um, you know the the nature of the relationship with God has changed during this time.
0: Yeah, just because I mean, in, um, in that way, you, you're kind of alluding to just how uh, deeply impactful COVID nineteen is. That it's not just it's not just flu season. It's not just cold season. Like this is this is uh, in some in in. In certain ways, it just stops the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is, it's really unique. I mean, um, the the world has not seen this virus before. And because of that, um, you know, we're all um, susceptible to it. Um, and unfortunately, it's, from what we've seen so far, it, it does have the impact to um, cause a lot of morbidity and mortality um, and uh, and so all these um, like governmental responses you know they're rooted in uh, in this reality you know that this virus does have a lot of destructive potential um, so yeah this is I mean, It's been said before, um, and I think it's true, but we really haven't seen anything like this for over 100 years since um, the Spanish influenza epidemic of
0: 1918. Um, uh, Yeah, let's talk about the historic nature of it a little bit, too. Um, How, um, let's see, what do I want to ask, Ed? How... Is there, well, I'll ask this question. I don't know if if we'll keep it in. Is there a way that you can help give context? I mean, given that you studied infectious diseases in med school um, and you have a sense for how they work, but then also just kind of how they have impacted um, society and and the world um, over time, um, is there a way that you can help give us a a sense for how impactful COVID-19 is relative to previous
1: ones? Yeah. So, um, so in order for um, a pandemic to have uh, um, really destructive potential, um, in there needs to be two different qualities to it. Um, number one, it has to be easily transmissible, um, and then number two, it has to be. Um, uh, it has to cause a lot of um, sickness or death. So there are, there are some diseases that are very transmissible but are not that severe. Um, you know, most people will, will recover. Um, and then there are some diseases uh, that are very severe but not that transmissible. Um, so, um, for example, um, you know, influenza, not to minimize influenza, you know, it is – uh, it can cause people to become really sick, and there are many people who do die from it. Um, uh, but for what we've seen so far, uh, is not nearly to the degree of COVID nineteen. It is, however, very transmissible. So, um, uh, and then another example on the other end would be like Ebola. So Ebola is uh, extremely deadly, like something close to 50 to 60% people who contract it, um, end up passing away, but it's much harder to transmit. Um, it requires a lot of close contact with bodily fluids. Um, so COVID-19 is it's a respiratory disease. Um, it can be, uh, transmitted, um, you know, from respiratory droplets. So those droplets, which are produced from coughing or sneezing, you know, Anyone who is within range of that projectile um, right. has uh, the the opportunity to to um, uh, to get it, and um, and unfortunately, it, it has been also been shown to cause a, uh, a fair amount of morbidity and mortality. So, because it kind of checks off both of those boxes, it, it has been able to. Um, uh, wreak as much havoc as it has um, in our world,
0: um, and, uh, <clears throat> and and the scale is just un- unseen since the, 1970- the since the Spanish flu. Is that true? Like you were saying,
1: yeah. So um, Spanish influenza had a, had a lot of similar properties to COVID nineteen. It's it's a different virus completely, but you know uh it was also um it was a respiratory disease um most likely transmitted through droplets and uh uh and because um it was a novel or new disease there was no immunity within the population as well and it also caused um uh large scale morbidity and mortality uh, something like uh, some people estimate like close to 50 million people died from the mm. Spanish influenza. Uh, uh, it was actually both 1918 and 19. It started in 1918 but then uh, abated during the summer season and then came back in the winter season and sort of continued on. Um, uh, and so that's the reason why a lot of um, epidemiologists are drawing parallels to it at this time.
0: Um, when, when you think about something on that set that scale um, and that you, I mean, in, in some ways it's akin to a war, right? And, um, you, along with your other healthcare workers are in the trenches much more so than people like me. Um, uh, how, how does that strike you as, um, significant? Like how do you view, uh, this is going to be a weird question, but, um, <laughs> maybe most of mine are, um, it, how do you view it. Your, <laughs> how do you view yourself, your role now in in light of where you think this will be viewed in history, like, in you know, even next year or five, 10, 15 or when your kids read about it in history books?
1: Um, you know, I think the war analogy is is interesting. Um, you know. It is. Warlike in the sense that um, there's like a common enemy um, and that there's a a call to arms, so to speak. There are people who uh, need to, um, like you said, be on the front lines and uh, to take care of people who have been directly affected by it. But I think it's also um, similar to wartime in the sense that, uh, you know, it seems like like all society is invested in, in some way. Um, and, uh, from what I've read about how society was in World War Two, you know, even though the fighting was not, uh, for the most part was not in America, you know, all of society sort of, uh, banded together, um, and supported the war effort. And, um, you know, I, I imagine that that's kind of, um, um, uh, that must have been how uh, you know that might be how they felt back then that there was that that, that sort of commonality um, um, in um, in purpose. Um, uh, yeah, and. Sorry, what was your what was the other part of your question? <laughs> yeah,
0: so no, no, no. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think p- part of what I'm wondering is like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes a little bit and just think like um, like this is really significant, and the significance is easier for me to ponder because I'm not in on the front lines. Um, you allowed yourself to think through like um, the significance of what you are trying to help fight um, and. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I guess your role in all of it, like, because you talked about the fears too. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, is there a part of you that's just like, no, this is just my duty. Like I'm doing what I, what, mm-hmm. not only what I've been trained to do, but like, I have to do this. If people don't, if people like me don't do this, then who will like, and, and mm-hmm. therefore the fear is also diminished because, uh, not diminished, but, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's given smaller proportion. So I guess that would be diminished, um, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to push through my fear because people need my help and um, and you know this, this is this is kind of like 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 your wife said this is my assignment
1: yeah I mean I think that's exactly it like this is um, you know this is my job and this is um, what I'm supposed to do it's um, what I train for and so yeah it, it kind of just You know, even though these are clearly extraordinary times and they're really abnormal, but in a sense, you know, the day to day, um, you know, the mechanism of getting ready for each day is still like, you know, this is I have a job to do. Let's do the job. Um, And there's still, you know, very much a rhythm to um, the workday life that is, um, you know, it's it's work. You know, (laughs) this is. Yeah. this is a there's a, a set number of things that to be done throughout the day. Um, and then, um, you know, let's get them done. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've really sat down to kind of ponder like the for uh, the, sort of the longer term um, historical narrative, you know, even for my own life. I don't think I've had time to really think through that yet. But um, I do very much have the sense that this is a unique time um but i also do feel like on a day to day level that this is just it's just going to work it's just under different circumstances
0: um it, maybe to ask it a different way too like is there a way h- how do you want your kids to think about your role in all of this uh, especially as they get older and come to grips with its with its historic nature
1: yeah um Good you, you have three um,
0: boys right eight four eight six and four
1: yeah yeah um you know i mean i i hope that you know they when they grow older and they kind of appreciate this season in its 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 historical context that you know that they'll just you know remember me as someone who um loved them well during that time and loved Mel well during that time Um, and you know um, that I was um, relying on God and um, not relying on my own flesh and then I just sort of um, did the work that was in front of me with with joy yeah I think that's the most I could hope for.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I haven't said it yet, but I, I'm thankful for the work that you're doing. I'm thankful for the work that uh, just all the healthcare workers are doing. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's tough because, uh, you know, well, I'll say this. I, I've been watching um, the last dance that Michael Jordan documentary. I don't know if you've um, oh, seen Oh yeah. I think <laughs> I've
1: seen, I've seen the, the first four episodes.
0: Yeah. I still need okay. to catch up. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, What's interesting is that, like, you know, he's going to work every day and he's uh, all eyes are on him. But he's performing and his performance, if it's done well, people praise him and they're excited and they're happy. And his success is, um, you know, it's celebrated. And mm-hmm. but then for uh, the healthcare workers like you in this time, like. You're working, you're performing, and not not for the performance sake, but like you said, you're just doing your job, you're doing your work, you're going through, you're relying on your the fundamentals of what you've learned, and and uh, both in school and just in in the time since school, but it's 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 different in that your success is almost a relief, right? Like if you're able to uh, save people's lives and help people get better, uh, help find a cure, or help figure out what works. Um, to mitigate the severity of uh of the virus then it's a relief and it's not like it's not celebrated in bringing um you know the sense of relief is going to be i would guess maybe as much as if not greater than the sense of joy that we'll have um and so i don't know it's um yeah that's interesting to kind of um and wrestle with, uh, I guess it's not th- nothing that you have that necessarily impacts your day, because, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, you're, you're there on the front lines. Um,
1: yeah, uh, I think, um, another thing that sort of kind of keeps me grounded in the moment is, you know, when we are treating these patients, it's really like, it's a, it's a team effort. Like, um, there's, uh, you know, when we do our rounding on our COVID patients, which is the um, which is when uh, the whole team of healthcare professionals goes from uh, patient room to patient room and sort of discusses the overnight events and then um, uh, and then creates the plan for that day. Um, you know, it's really uh, you know several physicians. It's the infectious disease physician, but it's also It's it's the ICU doctor. It's the um, internal medicine doctor. And then the nurses, the respiratory therapists, um, the pharmacists, um, you know, uh, they're all, you know, uh, they're all there. And we're all just, uh, you know, doing what we were trained to do and um, uh, relying on each other. And um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of that that, that sort of camaraderie really sort of, um, it, it grounds you, it, it gives you, it gives comfort and it also, um, uh, kind of keeps, um, any one person from thinking that they're, um, you know, that they're that big of a deal. It's, it's really, um, you know, everyone, uh, pitching in to, to kind of get these patients, uh, um, as healthy as we can
0: yeah no that i mean that makes sense um and it kind of goes to there's uh, a collective sense of duty and uh even responsibility too um uh, that i kind of hear you um uh, speaking to yeah um, it, it's let's see it's nine fifteen. did you you have time to go a little
1: longer yeah yeah i can keep going for probably like another 15 minutes or so
0: okay um hey uh, one of the reasons uh, i thought to talk to you was because uh i'm not on facebook but my wife told me about a facebook post that you had uh i hope you don't mind i'm gonna read it and then just want to kind of um uh, um kind of uh, i guess um ask you uh get into your mind a little bit more about how you're thinking through some of this um your post says this another lesson i have learned from taking care of patients with covid19 While we often talk about this disease in terms of quote-unquote curves, the curve itself is comprised of individual data points, and each data point in its reality, uh, excuse me, is in reality a human life irreducible in its unique complexity, grief, and hopes. While it may be obvious to say that there are actual humans involved when we have broad public discussions about the pandemic, I think I can be... It can be easy to forget what that really means. For example, one point along the curve that our team took care of was a young man who we quickly learned was beloved by his family and community. He was hospitalized for over a month. Early on, it looked like he wasn't going to make it, but yesterday he went home to be with his family. It was bittersweet because although he survived, he was nearly unrecognizable from the trauma wrought on his body from the disease. I struggle with how, the, how to process the collective trauma of all those individuals data points. It's too heavy to bear. But the other day I was pointed to the one who could bear it. I found out a neighbor of ours in his 70s was hospitalized for COVID-19 and had rapidly deteriorated overnight. I called his wife with the intention of providing guidance and comfort. But in fact, it was she who converted me. Her voice held a singularly uncommon mixture of sorrow and hope. Sorrow for the circumstances, but hope grounded in a greater reality. You see, she explained to me her husband knew the savior jesus and so did she they were in fact surrounded by a community who knew the savior and she had peace um i mean uh, <laughs> i guess what struck me is I, I i was reminded of how much i've always enjoyed your writing um back to the zanga mm-hmm. blog days um <laughs> thanks <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but um i it, it's just also um I think it brought a very, you know, we've talked a lot about the sense of duty that kind of drives you in your day-to-day, but, uh, there's just a very human aspect to the doctors as well. Um, who in just trying to, it, it isn't, you know, there's the nerdy side of you. That's like, okay, let's figure out how this uh, virus reacts and how we can combat it. And then there's also part of you that just sees each individual person and, um, um, hurts for them and wants them to be better, um, just for their own sake, for their family and community's sake. Um, it, it how many days like that do you have, uh, as you, as you've been treating this, uh, disease?
1: Um, well, I mean, there are moments in every day, um, uh, that are like that, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, one thing about medicine is that, um, you know, there are there are certain routines to it and there are um, certain things that you have to do in order to be doing the right thing. And um, it can be easy to um, to get lost in in going through um, in going through the routine. Yeah. Um, and uh and then to lose sight of you know the person that's actually in front of us but then there will be these moments that break through you know every day where um uh you know a family member calls and um uh wants to know an update and you know we learn um you know that you know it's not just uh, the wife at home, but there's you know there's several children um, who are there. You know there's a, a mother and father who are who are anxious as well. Um, you know, and they they tell you about their uh, their interests and um, their passions and um, and I find that those those moments break through more often if we we as healthcare workers make a point of looking for them. Um, So, um, you know, that's been one of my, um, uh, one of my desires uh, uh, is to grow in this aspect of my profession is to find those moments and be proactive and looking for them. And I think when, when I do that, it, it, uh, it, uh, it provides more, fuel for me to to do my job and to and to hopefully do it well
0: um yeah uh i I can imagine because too because it it, um we talk about data points primarily because we talk about the disease uh but it, it can get lost that you are treating people you're not treating the disease right right um and you know i think the phrase too that that struck me just in terms of how uh um how how it's been for you and, and maybe one of the reasons I asked how many days like this you have you said it's too heavy to bear um it, is it uh like it are there are there days and moments where you just have to kind of um seclude yourself a little bit at work and just kind of take a moment to gather your thoughts and gather your your yourself
1: um yes i mean there there's there are also, um, you know, self-protection <laughs> mechanisms that I think all healthcare workers develop, and um, certainly having like a, a very like detailed routine that you you go through um, will will help you get through the day. Um, and um, you know, it, I think really where I become more vulnerable emotionally. Uh, to those moments of grief, um, is when I get home. Um, but you know, I'm, uh, even then, you know, when I get home, you know, my children are waiting for me. And so I, I kind of, uh, hold off on that and try to, um, you like know, allow yourself thawed. to be distracted. Right. You know, uh, you know, be a father to them first. And then, you know, it's usually in the quiet moments at night <laughs> after, Uh, um, you know, when, when the kids are down, when I sort of allow myself to process uh, the work day um, and, uh, you know, having, having Melissa be there and, you know, I think the fact that she is also a physician provides her, you know, context to help me process. um, And then, you know, she's always pointing me back to, to the Lord. Um, and, um, you know, and there's, um, you know, on my good days, then, um, I'm, I'm finding comfort in him, um, as well. So I, I guess, um, yeah, you know, there, I, I feel like to a certain degree, I, I, I am, I would say, I would say most healthcare workers who are kind of, um, dealing with death on a daily basis, we do kind of have to compartmentalize ourselves and we have to, uh, you know, just uh, do what we need to do and then um, hopefully, um, you know, come back to um, um, a person or persons that will kind of help you process that and and hopefully someone who um, uh, will point us back to our Lord. Um,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, I mean... You, it, it does sound like you just, you're, <clears throat> you're in some ways forced to, uh, to rely on, um, her to kind of allow you to process with her and kind of, uh, I mean, it, it would be tough if, if she was kind of, <laughs> um, telling you to, to, to tough it out. Um, do you, uh, do you journal?
1: Um, funny that you asked, you know, um, so, or, uh. Uh, one, uh, project that I, that Melissa has uh, tasked, uh, the two of us, uh, uh, recently is, um, to, um, uh, to journal for 30 days straight and to, uh, specifically, uh, wait on the Lord and ask him, um, specifically, um, what he has in store for our family, um, after COVID-19 so hmm.
0: um Wait, so who, know, we who, who did this or who, who said that you, Melissa said that you this guys this is a Melissa's gonna... idea okay yeah That's a good so idea. She,
1: she um yeah she, you know we we had had several questions about what our family life was going to look like in the fall even before um, COVID-19 started and they centered a lot on you know um her work and um you know the kids uh, activities and um, and you know we were very much in discussion about that even before the pandemic, and then when it started, um, you know, uh, things changed quickly. But those um, those questions and, And so you know, as we were sort of naturally being driven to the Lord in this time of weakness, regardless, you know, she she got the um, idea that you know the two of us should. Um, uh, should, should wait on the Lord for 30 days. And I, you know, maybe kind of arbitrary, but, you know, that works for me. <laughs> right. And, yeah. um, and then, uh, just ask the Lord what he has for us and spend time with him, you know, in, in a way that, you know, frankly, you know, given my, um, uh, my upbringing where, you know, I was raised in a Christian household, but I wasn't specifically, uh, uh, raised in the way to kind of, really kind of bring those very deeply personal things to God I guess um it you was know, so to to kind of be presented with this very relational exercise I thought was uh, uh very challenging and then um as we are now in the middle of it it's I'll tell you more about it when it's done <laughs> now that we're in the middle of it it's uh it it's it's deeply rewarding too you know um
0: how many days have um, you been doing it
1: this is day eleven, so okay.
0: we're,
1: we're not even halfway done. But um, that's my very long winded answer to your question of whether I'm journaling. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's great. Uh, and so you've you've enjoyed it.
1: I have, yeah. I think there, um, you know, even I'm only eleven days in it, but like, uh, and there have already been moments where I'm like, oh Lord, like, um, are you even going to say anything to me today? <laughs> right, um, and. Uh, You know, I I, I have very little faith um, for that particular day. But then he always um, surprises me and he comes through, you know, um, and it it may not even be right at that moment when I start. It may be later in the day, you know, when, um, you know, when when I least expect it, you know, the conversation is picked up again. And then um, and then uh, it, it really kind of. I think puts new meaning to that scripture that says that we should pray at all times without ceasing because, um, you know, what's start, what was started in the morning for me, you know, it then kind of becomes an ongoing conversation with the Lord throughout the day. And then he might speak something later on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's been, um, it's been, it's been really sweet and good.
0: And yeah. it, 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 it sounds too, like it's just, um, Similar to what we were talking about before, how something this uh, serious and um, impactful as COVID-19 causes you to be more conscious of, of God. Uh, it sounds like just the uh, the habit and practice of journaling has done the same thing, too, uh, in a very just kind of um, just taking up your thoughts and just also being kind of conscious and on the lookout for like, OK, what am I going to go through today or what am I going to think today that that God is going to want me to um, journal about or be conscious of and kind of bring out of me or, or bring out and articulate?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, prayer has always been really hard. Um, I feel like, um, it it was, it's always been, um, very one-sided, you know, and I would have my set, um, Things to bring before the Lord, and then I wouldn't necessarily take time to hear from Him. So I think this this um, particular act of journaling, or you know, reflective writing, whatever you call it, like it kind of really has forced me to slow down and 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 wait on uh, on the Lord. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's been um, it's been much more of a of a two way conversation than in uh in previous experiences for me
0: that's great that's great um well uh dr wang um dr jeffrey wang uh thank you for for hanging out and uh for chatting and just kind of sharing uh, you definitely
1: you can... have never called me dr jeffrey wang before.
0: <laughs> well i mean you know before <laughs> I've, not, I've never, been more, yeah, for the, yeah. I've never been more I've never been more thankful I'll for you. your never been more thankful for your education and your abilities than right now. <laughs> not because of the podcast, but because of uh, because of what you're doing. Uh just you know, it's it sounds weird to say, but on mankind's behalf, uh, just to kind of um, just do your job and, and to to help people help society. Um so um, thank you thank you very much for uh, your efforts and yeah. uh, putting yourself at risk um, yeah. in a necessary way. But um, I'm, I, I am grateful for it uh, very much. So.
1: Thanks, Michael. I value our friendship and um, I really appreciate your thoughtful questions as well.
0: Yeah. Thanks for calling them thoughtful. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, it's been good to to kind of hear from you um, be praying for you um, and more specifically now. Uh, and so, um yeah uh, excited to um just kind of see what god is doing i guess in your life as you as you think more about um where he's leading you guys um but yeah thank you again for the time um and give your best to mel and the kids
1: will do love your brother
0: all right thanks jeff right. Thanks for listening. And thanks so much to Jeff and all the healthcare workers using their talents and expertise to make societies healthier and combat this world-stopping disease. Be safe as we focus on
1: faith, resilience, and community.